0: Welcome to Season 2 of the Pints and Perspectives podcast hosted by Wellhouse Church. This show understands that there is quite a bit of diversity amongst the body of Christ. So we operate according to the motto that certain things are fixed, like the essentials of faith, and the best beer is served on tap, while everything else is just a matter of perspective.
1: What's cracking, beer lovers? What up, how we doing?
0: So, Colin's got one I'm a little bit jealous of tonight. Money,
1: yeah, oh my god, I'm pretty excited. Um, this is from Belching Beaver. If you've been around here very long, you know that I love we, 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 love. Is, we love Belching Beaver Brewery. Um, where are they? I don't remember. Oceanside, California, yeah, Cali. This is the No Worries IPA, and it's dope. It's a Uh, A beaver, the belching beaver, drinking his beer with his, you know, his festive river hat and uh, Wayfair sunglasses on with his hang loose sign and sunglasses and uh, swim shorts. And he's in a floaty and there are sharks swimming in circles around him.
0: And he got no worries.
1: No worries IPA. It's a West Coast IPA. Cullen. Yeah.
0: Let me can can we venture
1: what's happening there on that
0: label? Sure. And what what is the only situation that you are being circled by sharks that you are not stressed out?
1: Uh, if you're wealthy enough to pay to do it in tame sharks, I don't know in the vicinity of tame sharks. Or you're so drunk you just don't care that they're this, circling. This is an IPA. Yeah. Oh, you're a pothead. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That might. I don't know. It's funny. <laughs> That's where my brain went. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> Maybe that beaver's just high enough that <laughs> don't give a crap. <laughs> He's the belching beaver. All right. This is what it says.
0: Doesn't mean. Uh, doesn't mean uh, because he belches he can't cough too, buddy. <laughs>
1: One of the best feelings in the world is kicking back with a beer at the end of a long day and not worrying about tomorrow. No worries is designed to be an easy drinking IPA with the great hop flavor we love so much. You may have problems with your significant other and they're fed up with your crap. No worries. You owe taxes. Your car sucks. No worries. Imagine you are on the beach and the sun just dipped into the clouds. No worries. Cheers, Tom. Love it dope
0: i love belching
1: beaver oh it's 6.2 abv
0: yeah so i have a trappist beer um which you guys know has a special um special place in my heart uh spent a lot of time drinking beer like
1: this Why? Why, Clayton? I wasn't going to go (laughs) there. Why, Clayton? Why did you spend a lot of time drinking Trappist beer? What is Trappist beer? Tell us all the goods.
0: Trappist beer is beer brewed by monks. Um, And the monks that traditionally made this popular are Belgian monks, of which I spent a lot of time drinking their beer because I lived in Belgium. So. (laughs) There you go this is from Rochefort, Belgium, um, by, come on, H-E-B, quit messing up your labels. I know, I hate that. Um, produced by the Abbey, I don't know, my French is terrible. Um, this, saint remy I don't know, my French is ter- This is from the French region of Belgium, and my French is awful. Um, my, my Dutch is better. um, But this is labeled an authentic Trappist product. And if you're drinking a Trappist beer, you need to look for that label um, or that that marker on the beer. Otherwise, you're probably getting a crap beer. Um, It is 11.3% ABV.
1: Oh, drink Drink responsibly, responsibly, kids.
0: kids. Um, Oh, that should be on like some sort of something somewhere. Drink responsibly, kids. We say that crap all the time. Yeah. Um yeah, drink responsibly. It is best served at 53 to 57 degrees Fahrenheit, which this is not at. Um but yeah, I'm excited. I it is very likely that I've had this before um and just don't remember. I've seen it, this is a very popular brew overseas. Um so it's likely that I've had it before and just don't remember. So, we're going to see. Got it. Cheers. Cheers. Mm. Very standard nose. Yeah, that's good. Um man, it tastes like a very well done double. Yeah. Um just very malt forward, lots of roasted notes, probably pretty high level bond malt. Um
1: What would you expect the color on it to be?
0: It's kind of hard to see, but like a Little bit, it, you can't quite see through it. Um, but it's it's on the lighter side of Doubles. Got it. Um, but it's it's really good. Um, I would drink it again. Dope, preferably with some French fries or some, some Belgian fries. Ah, some Belgian fries and some mayonnaise.
1: Some stoflaise, my guy.
0: Mm, some stoflaise. Uh, right. Oh, six eight,
1: dope mine's a uh, <clears throat> it's great it tastes like a quintessential west coast IPA 6-8 uh, it does all the things that a west coast is supposed to do I mean you are absolutely getting lambasted with hops and that's what a west coast style IPA is supposed to do for you yeah. so that's what it's doing. Uh, uh, what do you think the hop blend is? Just
0: uh, oh, centennial. It's, uh,
1: oh no, it's mosaic. There's all the way. M- oh, it is. Yeah, it could not hit you more mosaic hop. Mm. Yeah, it it. Is, yeah, it is mosaic through the roof. Love it. I'd be shocked if I'm wrong. Love it. Okay. Um. Let's talk about covenant theology and salvation. So the way that Ben and Randy say it is that God was at work saving the world in Jesus like a grand chess player, Mm -hmm. that God was thinking dozens of steps ahead in order to enact salvation of the entire world in Jesus. In full honesty, I'm not sure if I believe that. I believe that there is a multi-step process to get us to salvation. I'm suspect about whether or not God had to do it that way and was acting as a grand chess player. (laughs) At times, it feels reactive, not proactive. And ironically, Ben and Randy don't talk about the covenant that I need them to talk about in order to... Explain how God is reactive. It's the Noahic covenant. Mm-hmm. It's the covenant in Genesis 6. Um,
0: the, the curse of Canaan.
1: Uh, well, no, that's Ham's doing. The Noahic Whoa. covenant uh, begins that God's no longer going to destroy. Hmm. He will never right, again right, destroy right, the right. earth by water, Fair enough. which I think is a part of it because water becomes a major mm. salvific metaphor and motif. Yeah. So that's my input, um, and if you include it, which I think you need to include it, if you didn't know, that premise is like one of the main premises for the tattoo, the biblical tattoo sleeve that I'm currently getting, um, is that the water metaphor of salvation. And so in order to get that, you need the Noahic Covenant, which Ben and Randy don't include. They begin with the Abrahamic Covenant. Now, the Abrahamic Covenant, what's the Abrahamic Covenant, Clayton?
0: He will make Abraham's descendants into a great nation.
1: Father Abraham mm-hmm. had many sons. Many, had many sons, sons had, had Father, Father Abraham. Abraham. That, is the, that is the Abrahamic Covenant. Father
0: Abraham had many sons. <laughs> that exactly. Will, that will be stuck in my head until the day that I die.
1: Never forgetting it. Never. It's, it's locked in the vault. It's mm-hmm. Long-term memory storage. You get dementia. You'll remember that damn song.
0: <laughs> Which? Wait, what, what's another one uh, that that you remember? I have one. Zacchaeus was a little oh. man, and a little man was here.
1: <laughs> yeah. So true. So true. So the Abrahamic covenant. It's it's two different covenants. One in chapter fifteen of Genesis, and one in chapter seventeen of Genesis. Where God is going to bring about a great nation through Abraham. Mm -hmm. And he does it through, he ends up doing it through Isaac, okay? And so, this one... It ends up being a covenant about community, about salvation uh, with a people. It's kind of how you should think about this one in structure, okay? Um, Then you have the Mosaic Covenant. Clayton, what's the Mosaic Covenant?
0: I actually don't think that I can detail that out real well.
1: Okay. What's the what's the major like marks of Moses' life?
0: Um major mark.
1: Or like what is like what does he accomplish for the people of Israel?
0: The Exodus, the the liberation, the freedom okay. of the Israelites.
1: You also get what from Moses?
0: You get the law from Moses. There you go.
1: Those are the two things of the Mosaic Covenant. The Mosaic Covenant is, okay, you are going to be a liberated people. Um, and we're going to do that. We're going to continue to affirm that through the conversation of Passover, that God liberated you. Um, from slavery. And you're now going to be an ethic. You're going to be a people of ethic. You're going to have a morality. You're going to act a certain way to reflect the the reciprocity of grace you've been shown by God. Okay. Then you have the Davidic covenant. Now, notice... None of these first two covenants or the Noahic covenant, which I've added, none of these covenants have any mention of a savior. Nope. Interesting.
0: But the Davidic covenant
1: does. Kind of. Oh, no, not kind of. I mean, it is. It says that the Messiah will come from him. It is. Like, the Davidic covenant is about Messiah. It's about nothing else. Um. Why do you not think any of the other covenants mention Messiah?
0: I don't know. I think... I don't know, man. Don't have any answers, right, guys? Um, But maybe it has something to do with the fact that... um, Jesus came from David's line and it needed to be a kingly line. It needed to be a line of royalty and power for Jesus to, or the Messiah Jesus to upset that power narrative. Why? Because they came from being oppressed people to becoming powerful people and needed to come back down to reality. And to the common person.
1: Maybe, but you could have done that at Babel. If all you needed was that kind of metaphor, metaphorical structure, you could have done that in Genesis 11 at Babel. Why? Because you had a people who were in pursuit of power that needed to be brought down, which God did and gave them languages. Fair enough. Um, I'm just not sure. I don't, I don't. Everybody wants to, or lots of people want to say that Genesis three has a messianic reference. The, the old Testament never talks about it as a messianic reference. Um, It's not until the patristic period after the Bible that anybody talks about it in a messianic reference. There is one spot in the book of revelation where the story is repeated Mm -hmm. that He will crush the, his heel will crush your head, head the the serpent. But the Davidic covenant in David, which, so if you're looking for a time period here, we don't really know the time period before David. We're confident in David. We have extra biblical documentation to affirm the reign of David or to confirm the reign of David around the year 1000 BCE.
0: Mm.
1: That's the reign of David. We got That's where we start basing all this off of. Most scholars would tell you that the Exodus happened in one of two times. It's in the late 1400s, sorry, it's in the late 1600 BCE, or it's in like 1300 B.C. Um, I think it's most likely in like 1300 B.C. Like 1380 to be precise. But before Exodus, no idea, bro. No. Nobody's got any kind of dating reference for any of it. Um. And so you have these three covenants, these three main movements that culminate in the Davidic line, this kingdom line, that will have a Messiah, a singular figure that's going to enact salvation. Then you get the new covenant. Clayton, what's the new covenant?
0: The new covenant, I mean is based on Jesus' death and resurrection, that everything that you knew before has changed, um, comes from the Holy Spirit and all that pneumatology stuff that we've talked about um, and this like new way of being a Christian, essentially.
1: Yeah, the best way I think I have thought about, or the best way I think I can like form this construct for you is in all actuality, we shouldn't be calling it the Old Testament and the New Testament. Mm-hmm. We should be calling those sections of the book the things of the Old Covenant mm-hmm. and the things of the New Covenant. Yeah, The New Covenant is the way in which the message of Jesus... And the work of Jesus is accomplishes salvation in a new way, both individually and systemically, or communally, while also being the new covenant in the experience of the Holy Spirit enacted through the people of God. Yeah. So, as I said, the things of the new covenant. These are, this is what's called New Covenant Theology, or kind of, Covenant Theology or New Covenant Theology. The difference, the only difference is in a real conversation of Covenant Theology, you would have to do something with, like, ethnic Israel. That's not a conversation for today. We will take care of that conversation in the Eschatology chapter, which eschatology is a study of last things. Salvation is being saved from death, correct? Mm-hmm. So what is death? The end, the last thing. And so the study of the last things, eschatology, is to solve that problem at the end. Well, you have to do that with ethnic Israel because most of them are still Jews and don't believe in Jesus. So there is this like weird caveat with covenant theology that you have to do because the Davidic covenant doesn't just go away they're still waiting on a king and god still gave them that covenant there's still something you have to do with judaism including the book of revelation talks about the like the chosen jews so there like with covenant theology there is this piece as well that will need to be talked about but i'm going to reserve that one for the eschatology chapter for this conversation about new covenant theology in the conversation of salvation i think you should be thinking about those those covenants the noahic covenant the abrahamic covenant the mosaic covenant the davidic covenant and the new covenant if you got those five moves of the bible you got the quote unquote biblical salvation history you got the movement of the way in which god has chosen to act and save the world um, clayton do you have any problems with the way in which those covenants have act like have been instilled. Have problems? Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, no, maybe.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Dope, me too. <laughs> yeah.
0: Like, I don't know, man.
1: Um I got some problems.
0: I think that the way that the Mosaic Covenant was laid out led to um, way more death and oppression than it should have.
1: Yeah, because part of the Mosaic Covenant is Canaanite conquest.
0: Right. Um, Which has then led, like bled into the New Covenant um, and how... Christians are using the Mosaic Covenant to back up their actions in the New Covenant, which even if you want to argue that those things were okay back then, you can't argue that those things are okay now. Yeah. Um, so, no, you're wrong. I'm sorry. That is one thing that I will, like, stick a fire, stick my rod in in that fire um, because, no— Um, so yeah, I do have problems with it, but also there are elements of it that I do see leading to a better humanity, um, through a progression, um, culminating in Jesus.
1: Yeah. So that's what I, that's what I will say. I got, I got qualms with the covenants. Mm -hmm. I got big qualms, um. I got qualms with the Abrahamic covenant. Yeah. That Abraham messed up and did the covenant or tried to enact the covenant on his own. Yeah, on his own with Ishmael and ended up in a real terrible situation where some vulnerable people experienced depression and exploitation. So, I got real qualms who, with the covenants.
0: Who, by the way, are still also oppressed by Christians. <laughs> like, let's not forget that. It's true. true.
1: Ish- technically, Ishmael's is the father of Islam. Yeah. Or, like, the, if you were going to trace it back through the Abrahamic religions, it would, like, it would it starts end there. with Ishmael. Uh, or Abraham and, and Ishmael. But... <clears throat> I got major problems with the way in which these covenants happened, which is why I would say I'm not sure that I agree with the premise that God's playing the master like grand chess game. God feels very reactive at times throughout the story. I mean, heck, multiple times with Moses, he has conversations where God wants to kill everybody and start over Mm -hmm. with Moses. Mm -hmm. The same command or the same promise he made with Abraham, he's going to break and start over with Moses multiple times if Moses says, okay. Mm -hmm. Moses doesn't, though, and so it doesn't. But there's times when Moses wants to kill them all and start over, and God says no.
0: Oh, but but God was testing Moses. Stupid.
1: (laughs) At times, God feels very reactive in the story. Yeah. So, I got major issues with the covenants. But those covenants, for all the things that they mess up and all the ways in which they get it wrong, Those covenants show me the beauty of the fact that eventually God said enough's enough. I got to do this myself and the beauty of the new covenant, the beauty of the story that comes out of the broken covenants that gets us to where we are. If we would get out of our own way and stop messing up the beautiful expression of it, we have a very beautiful covenant with the divine.
0: Thanks for listening to the Pints and Perspectives podcast hosted by Wellhouse Church. Be sure to give us a rating and review if you enjoyed the episode. It's free and it helps us immensely. Also, feel free to check out our other podcasts.